Hey guys, what's happening? It is a new week and that means a new podcast. Um, If you haven't gotten up to date or maybe this is the first one that you're listening to, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you stop right where you are and go back and start from the beginning. Um, I kind of dived into the um, understanding of who we are in Christ um, at the end of the year last year. And so that there's a whole series, a whole season on just identifying who God wants you to be and who you were destined, predestined to be here on the earth. Um, you know, there is no mistake, my friend, in, in you and in, in who you are. And so for us to really walk out our purpose, we have to know who we are in Christ. That's the number one thing. And so if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I really recommend starting from the beginning and then getting caught up because there's some really good, um, just tidbits of, of, you know, advice and, and just life experiences that I've been through that I share, you know, my journey, um, you know, being a Christian for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And, um, you know, just the ins and outs of that. (laughs) Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has a journey that we're walking on. And, um, you know, we walk on the, in those, you know, hard moments so we can speak life to others when they are walking through those same um, moments, those hard ones. So be encouraged, um, start from the beginning. Um, but today, if you are just here with me going week by week and you're ready to hear what we're talking about today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics. Um, and if you know anything about me on a personal level or just as you know, maybe you know me to the extent of social media, I don't know. Um, but I am a praise and worship leader at my local church and it is my passion. I live for moments where God's presence is so strong in a corporate setting. Um, worship is everything inside of me. It's my heartbeat. It's my life. It's everything. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to experience when God's people come together and worship him, um, in unity and in one accord. And I, like I said, from a young age, it's always been something, a a dream, a desire, a passion of mine, um, has always been just, I've been so caught up in the move of the Holy spirit. And I've loved going to, um, like camps and, um, conventions and conferences and concerts and and I love those settings and I thrive in those settings because there is something incredible that happens when God's people praise him and when he is in the room and so I've seen you know different stories and different things happen when you know when that manifestation of his presence is in a room and um, to put a price tag on it is it's unimaginable. It's priceless. It's, it's an experience and it's something that, you know, there's no two, um, moments and services that are the same, you know, it's so spontaneous. It's so different. The feelings are so, um, you know, special into each moment into each time that, you know, that God's people are together. And that's because there's a different, mix of people every time and a different level of faith that each person brings to the table um, when we come together. And so praise and worship has literally been, you know, my heartbeat, you know, from a young age. And 
um, like I said, I just love watching the Holy Spirit work. There's nothing more beautiful to me than seeing, um, you know, people restored, marriages restored, um, people being saved, um, healings and miracles and, and people just getting blessed. Like I love seeing people get blessed. I love seeing the Lord touch people in a way that, you know, it's, you just can't, make it up (laughs) like there's no way that they're you know this is something that is just made up you know I've, I've just been too far in this journey and I've seen too much to know that God's power is real and when his spirit enters into a room um there's nothing like it and so I want to spend just a few minutes um, talking about praise and talking about worship um, because my heart behind this is really to kind of educate in a way some of you who may not understand praise and worship um, and why we do it. And for some other people, it may just be um, just to strengthen them and to um maybe you're hearing this today and you're just going to be like, amen. And it's just going to resonate with your spirit. And so, um, you know, praise is a powerful thing. It's also a contagious thing. Um, I love it when I see, you know, the exuberance of, of worship and praise to God and, um, how contagious that can be and how powerful it can be. Um, you know, my fear when we, are seeing a generation behind me come is that, um, you know, they've been told that they're how they, um, let me see how I can properly word this for you. How, um, let me see how my fear is that a generation is seeing that praise is something that they can dictate or, um, kind of put a thing around, I guess. Like, okay. So here my heart praise is actually something that God commands us to do. God tells us the way that we are to praise him. And maybe this will make my point a little more clear. Um, because I think my wording was just not okay. Um, But God requires us to praise him in a certain way. You know, I think about the love language book. I don't know if you guys have heard it. I think it's from Gary um, Chapman or something like that. I could be completely wrong here. Um, But he has the five love language book out. Okay. And it's really about marital relationships or just any type, really any type of relationship. When you think about it, Um, we kind of talked about that last week with Jess and how everybody is different and everybody needs needs and wants are different. And I think about that in this book, um, The Five Love Languages, because there are different ways that people receive love. There are different ways that people um, need to give love to their spouse in order for their spouse to feel loved. Do you see what I'm saying? Like some people feel loved by their spouse, um, you know, helping out with the chores or the house duties, um, you know, those type of things. Um some people may feel loved by receiving gifts, um, you know, just because you gifts or I was thinking about you gifts. Um, some people may feel loved like materialistic, you know, from those gifts and stuff. And other people could feel loved, um, by like the words the you know, affirming, you know, the relationship and I love you and saying it. Some people are physical touch people. They like to be hugged, you know, kissed and, and just spent time with each other. Okay. So if you, 
understand that process or that thought of everybody having a different love language and learning how to love someone properly and how they want to be loved. Because if you think about it, there um, are many relationships in the world today that, um, you know, somebody may say, I love you, but if there is no action behind that and there are no things that even show love, um, you know, actions speak louder than words. Um, that's a very popular phrase. And if you think that if I'm in a relationship with Jesse and we're married and he constantly tells me he loves me or he says, I love you, but he says, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, hug you or kiss you, but I love you. Okay. On my side, I don't feel the love. You know, he's not loving me the way that I I need to be loved or that I require to be loved. He may say, I love you, um, but I'm not going to spend any time with you. And so coming on my side of it, I'm like, I hear that you're saying I love you, but I'm not seeing any actions that show me your love. And my, I'm pulling this into um, spiritual things here in just a second. My fear is that we are... Um, there is a generation behind me and they're getting, you know, taught that how you show God, you love him, um, can be in any form or any way. And I don't, the Bible clearly tells how God receives love and how he wants to be praised and worshiped. And you can find it in scripture multiple times where it's like, clap your hands, shout with a voice of triumph. We see David dancing before the Lord. He was so undignified um, that the onlookers looking out from him were like, what is up with that dude? He's like dancing like a madman. Like there's, it's not okay. Um, It's disrespectful. But his dance and his heart behind it pleased the Lord. Um you know, singing songs of adoration and love to God, you know, all of these things are ways that God in the Bible asks us to praise him. And so my fear is that because we are introverts or because we aren't an emotional person or because we don't, um, you know, get stirred in the moment when we're in services or, you know, when a, I'm a worship leader, so I'm very exuberant in my praise and worship, not because I'm a worship leader, <laughs> but because God has rescued me and he has saved me from so much, you guys, that my heart gets overwhelmed. Sometimes my body gets overwhelmed. His presence is so so thick and so strong that I just, it's like David just being undignified. I look crazy. I know this, but it doesn't matter. I love God and I want him to know how much I thank him. You know, even if he did nothing else for me, he has already done so much. And so my praise is just, is just that it's thanking him, you know, God, thank you. And I just don't want, you know, even people that may be, um, newer in the faith, but maybe older than I, um, maybe don't understand praise. 
and you're thinking in your mind, you know, that's just not who I am. I'm not like her. I am not going to, you know, jump crazy around on the stage. I'm not going to, you know, run, you know, wild. I'm not going to dance. I, 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 I can't lift my hands. You know, that's just not me. I, I, I can't keep a beat. I can't clap, you know, all of these things we tell ourselves. Okay. And that's why I'm afraid that the generation that is coming behind us is going to fall into because I'm this way. I can't praise like, that's just not who I am. And God says, that doesn't matter. (laughs) You may be an introvert. You may not have any rhythm. Do you hear it at all? Like you may not, you, you're, you may feel like when you jump, you look like an absolutely crazy person. It doesn't matter. There is something that happens when you come to a level of freedom in Jesus that the pride is shattered on the floor. I love a verse in Psalms. I think it's actually, it might be, let me see. It's, I think it might be Psalms, um, 54. And when I quote this, I'm like, I don't know. It's either Psalms or maybe it's Isaiah. Um, but it talks about, Here we go. It's actually Psalms 51. Okay. And it says, for you will not delight. This is verse 50 or chapter 51, verse 16. It says, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Okay. So broken spirit. That's not saying someone who is broken and who has been hurt. That's saying the sacrifice of God is someone who's willing to be humbled, lay their pride on the floor and realize that it's not about you. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. The message version version says it this way. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered heart shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape god's notice and i love that because it's saying the ability of your praise the ability of you raising your hands the ability of you singing your song cuz i think a lot of times people who aren't you know walking in the freedom and the fullness of praise and worship is because they feel like they can't sing. They're like, well, I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing. God doesn't say for those that sing well, praise me. (laughs) He doesn't. He says, I don't care. I don't care about a flawless performance. I don't care whether you are singing in tune, whether you are hitting the notes. I don't care if you're flat or you're nasally. Like God says, I don't care about that stuff. What I care about is your heart and you laying your pride down on the floor and saying, you know, my pride means nothing to me, God. I am thankful for all that you've done for me. And I will praise you because you asked me to and because you are worthy of all of the praise. Um, We have to remember that praise and worship is not about us. 
It's about glorifying Jesus. It's about making sure that we are preparing ourselves for the future because that's really what worship is. Um, It's preparing us for breakthrough. It's preparing us for hearts to be ready for the opportunity for God to speak to us and to um, know what we are to be doing, you know, with our lives and with, you know, what's happening around us. And so, um, you know, praise is powerful. I'm going to kind of pull us into a story today because it's been heavy on my heart. Um, it's a story that is so well known and I, I'm not going to probably read it all word for word. If you want to go back and read it, pause this podcast. I challenge you read it. We're Acts 16, um, verses 16, and we're probably going to read until, um, like 34. Um, so take a moment, go read it for yourself and then come back and hear kind of what my takeaway is from this um, story in the Bible. So we're actually in Acts and it's the story of Paul and Silas. I love this story because it's um, a praise story. Praise is so powerful. Um, I love this story because there's literally so much to grasp from it in different parts of it. If you really sit and spend time looking at the wording of stories, you can really find life applications from them. If you look at them with open eyes and a heart to receive. Anytime you're going into a story or reading your Bible, I really recommend praying like, God, reveal your truth to me. What do you want me to see in this story? You put this here in the Bible for a reason. How can I grow from it? How can I be a better Christian from it? How can I learn more about who you are and what your nature is? Those are prayers to pray before you open your Bible. But um, we're going to start in Uh, verse 16. And it does say, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was basically had this, um, spirit of fortune telling. So she was able to, um, you know, tell people's futures. Um, obviously not a spirit of God, but a spirit of the enemy. And so she was following Paul and Silas and she was just, you know, saying this over and over, these men's are servants of the most high God who proclaim you have the way of salvation. And so she kept doing this. She did this for days, like multiple times. I can just imagine her just like following them around. It's like that annoying, um, brother and sister relationship where this sibling like is pointing and they stick their finger like really close to you. And they're like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Hey, I'm not touching you. (laughs) My kids do that. And I'm like, stop it. That's so annoying. (laughs) And so I feel like this is what's happening. Okay. And so Paul is like me and he was becoming greatly annoyed and he turned to it and to the spirit and said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out. And it did come out of her that very hour. Now, when the owner saw what had happened and they realized that, Hey, this slave girl that we were making money off of, she's no longer has the spirit of fortune telling. So we can't make any money off of her. They get super angry. Okay. And so then they start, um, telling all of the people around and the rulers at that time. And they were saying that these men were Jews, that they were disturbing the city. They were just uproaring and causing all of these issues. And so the crowd actually comes against Paul and Silas and they start beating them. 
they attack them, they uh, rip their clothes off and they throw them in prison. Okay. So bad situation. Okay. Worse, worse. If you've been in prison, that's a bad situation. Many of us are in spiritual prisons, um, with things that are holding us bound by, you know, there are things that the enemy is holding us, chaining us down with. Okay. And excuse me. And we are in spiritual prisons. Okay. And so they're in prison and they've already been pretty much beaten. And I mean, their bodies have to be like exhausted and they're thrown into prison. And I love this because in verse 25, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm in a bad situation, it is hard for me to praise and worship God. I'm not talking about, okay, there was, and I'm not going to fully go into this, the details of the story, but there was a moment last year where I woke up on a Sunday to some pretty devastating news and it was hard for me. I mean, hours before I was supposed to be leading people into worship, it was hard for me because I just got really bad news and my spirit was just down and, um, upset and, you know, all of the, all of those emotions. And I think about what happened in those moments and how hard it was for me to praise God in those moments, but it was a choice that I had to make. And a lot of times when we're in tough situations and when it seems like there is no hope and that when it seems like we've been beaten, attacked, um, you know, people have taken things from us and you just don't know what's next, that those are the moments that we have to praise. Those are the moments where it's required of us to praise. I don't know about you, but anytime that I'm having a rough day and I find myself taking minutes to praise God and to worship and to just realign my thoughts and my emotions and my feelings to truth and what God requires of us, I feel so much better. I have a better outlook on life. My perspective has changed. That is what I'm saying. It's you have to praise in those moments. And I love it because it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now for a prison, you can think back, you know, even right now, a prison is a pretty big facility. And I would imagine in that time that it was a pretty big area where there were a lot of prisoners. And for all of the prisoners to be able to listen, Paul and Silas would have had to have been exuberant in their praise. It's not like they were standing um, still with their arms closed and they're, you know, praising God from their heart. That's one of my favorite things is when people are like, but I'm praising God on the inside. (laughs) And I'm like, I understand that. Like, it's all about your heart and it's the heart posture behind it. But there is still something required by scripture and by God that says, raise your hands, all you people, lift your hands, lift your heads, 
clap your hands. There are still ways that God asks us to praise. And so for these prisoners to hear, Paul and Silas would have had to have been singing. They would have had to have been dancing. Maybe they were shouting, clapping, going crazy for the Lord, jumping around. I don't know. I just like to think if they had, if the other prisoners were able to listen, they would have had to have were listening to something. Some type of praise was being, you know, set in the atmosphere. There was something going on for them to be able to hear it. And suddenly there was an earthquake and the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. And I love this part too, because it says everyone's bonds were unfastened. That is so powerful. Your praise is powerful, my friend. When you are praising God, it isn't always about you. It's not always, you know, sometimes we only praise God, you know, in the bad times. You know, we only, you know, come to the altar when our lives are torn upside down or we get a bad diagnosis or we need healing and we need all of these things. And, and sometimes we can be, we can take praise and worship to the extent of God, this is me needing something from you. That's not what praise and worship is. Praise and worship is glorifying God. It's, it's exalting him. It's, it's putting him above everything else. It's putting our eyes and our focus and our hearts and our minds on who he is and what he's done for us and, and all of those things. And so when we're praising God, um, I think sometimes when we're life is good, we're like, Oh, just, there's, you know, I'm just going to sit here. I don't have anything to, you know, you know, life's great. So I'm just going to sit and sing along. Like, Praise God, praise him, praise him in the morning. There's a song that says that praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime, praise him when the sun comes up. Okay. Like praise him no matter what, praise him. If you're upset, praise him. If you're frustrated, praise him. If you got a bad, um, if you got bad news, praise him. If you are getting a promotion, praise him. If you are getting married, praise him. If you found the love of your life, praise him. If you are you know, pregnant and having a baby, praise him regardless, praise him when you're sick, praise him when you don't feel good. Um, one of the most frustrating things sometimes is as worship leaders is when people are like, well, I'm sick. I can't come and sing and praise. And I'm just like, what? You're sick. So you're not going to praise God. I'm just like, what? That doesn't even, I don't get that. Like praise him. It doesn't matter. Praise him. Your condition does not matter. It doesn't justify whether God is still worthy of your praise. He is always worthy. Do you hear my heart today? And what happened when they praised him? Everyone's chains were loosed. And so hear me today. When you praise, when you're praising in your quiet time, when you're, you know, glorifying God in your, in your weak moments, when you're giving him praise in the scary situations, when you're receiving bad news and you praise him, you are setting people free. You're setting yourself free and you're setting those around you free. Your praise has power. And what's even more incredible in this story is hearing and seeing that they praised before they were free. So many people are like, I need a breakthrough in my life. You know, I've been 
battling this for years and I'm just tired of doing it and I just need God to move. (laughs) Have you praised him? Because this story here says in the middle, before the breakthrough, they praised. And because they were praising, everyone's chains were loose. The prison doors were open. Your praise is powerful and your praise is contagious. As we close out this little story here in verses, let's see, 30, it's talking about the jailer who began to tremble with fear and he fell down and he told them, he told Paul and Silas and he was like, listen, what must I do to be saved? I see you praised God when things were rough. You praised him when you were in prison. And because you praised God, he heard your cries. He heard you. He heard that you needed, you needed freed and he freed you. That's the kind of God I want to serve. What must I do to be saved? And they told him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Some of you are believing for salvation in your homes. You're believing for salvation in people around you in relationships. You may be with someone in a relationship and, and they're not, you know, walking out God's plan and purpose. They're not saved. They don't have that freedom, you know, of having the Holy Spirit inside of them. And you're believing and you're hoping. And you're asking God, I need a breakthrough, God. Why isn't he saved? I've been praying and praying. Have you praised? Have you worshiped? When you got bad news about, you know, the relationship or maybe your spouse isn't saved and, and he may have cussed you out this week. She may have left you this week. Have you praised? Have you worshiped? This good. I'm just telling you, it's good. Because it may not be for you. Your praise may not be for you. It may be for someone around you. It may be for your friends, your neighbors, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. Your praise is important. It is powerful. It is contagious. And because Paul and Silas were obedient, everyone around them were free. I don't know. This story just like. It gets me like, I just want to start like going, whoa, let's go, God. <laughs> like, where are we going? <laughs> God is so powerful. And when we praise him, we have to remember it's not about us. It's not about how comfortable we feel in a moment. It's realizing God is worthy. No matter the feeling, no matter how silly we look, praise is powerful. Praise is a weapon that is used to tear down spiritual things that are coming up against you from the enemy. I'm telling you what, some of you all probably listen and you're like, she is crazy. But can I tell you, I have seen so much. I've tasted and seen his goodness, y'all. And I can tell you, praise is powerful and it is a weapon. Thank you so much for listening. I do want to pray out um, before we leave today. And um, yeah, so here we go. 
God, I thank you for this time together where we can just dive into your scripture and your stories, God, that you left us in the Bible, God. We can learn so much from you and just by spending time with you, just by praising and worshiping you, God. Thank you for letting us understand that praise is powerful and praise is a weapon and there is a proper way to praise you. There is a way intended that you wrote in scripture that you want us to praise you. It's not about us and what makes us feel comfortable. You know, praise is something that can be scary when you're a new Christian. I can remember God when I was a teenager and I would, you know, feel the Holy Spirit moving in in a service and I wanted to raise my hands so bad, but my hands felt like 20 pounds and I just, I didn't know what people were going to think about me and I don't want anybody to see me. And the enemy can just play so many mind games with us and tell us that raising our hands and crying and, and jumping and, and, and looking crazy is you know, is wrong and, 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 and it puts this, you know, spirit of pride in us. And God, I just pray that as we walk through this year, that you free your people to praise you properly. God, to understand that, you know, you desire that you want, you know, all of us, our lives is a sacrifice. You know, worship is our life laid down and surrender to you. It looks different, God, whatever our praise looks like. It's not always going to look the same. But there are requirements, God, to praise you and help us learn those and to be able to properly love you and properly adore you and properly give you all of the praise and the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you learned anything about praise and worship, I pray that you share this with someone. Enlighten them. Um, I feel like when there are people who are understanding God's word, that it can change generations. It can change households. It can change marriages. God's word is powerful. Be blessed. I can't wait to hang out with you next week.